coming to you from beautiful Santa Barbara, California. Promoting peace, healthy living, and happiness. It's the Peace Podcast with host Barbara Gon Mueller. Hello, I'm Barbara Gon Mueller. I welcome you. You'll notice both of us are wearing red today. We're almost at that point on our planet where we're in a red alert, alert about some of the things that we can take care of. So I invited Richard Denton here to be on our podcast today because we're a peace podcast, peace, happiness, and mutually assured survival. What if we made that our motto? The world needs mutually assured survival for all our living plants, the oceans, the skies, and the universe and our dear people. We're all so different and we're all so wonderful. We wouldn't be born if we weren't supposed to be here right now. We were born with a destination and a purpose. I kind of think about that. Once I was on a radio show and this lady called him and said, how do you know if you're living your destiny? I said, are you happy? Do you feel like the work you're doing creates peace on the planet? But the most important part is, does it bring you joy? Because passion has joy attached to it, as we'll hear today from Richard Denton. You know, I started to read his bio, and he took his whole life and put it in four paragraphs. And I asked him in the beginning, are you 9,000 years old? If you wait till you hear all the things that Richard, Dr. Richard Denton has done. He's a retired country doctor who did everything from delivering babies to hospital work, geriatrics, geriatrics, looking for people and looking after people with special needs and even coroner's work. He knows what it's like to be alive and healthy. He also knows what it's like to be in a war zone, and he'll talk about that. I have been involved, he says, sharing various environmental organizations, chairing them. I'm a physician for the environment. Ontario College of Family Physicians, Environmental Committee, Anti-Nuclear Weapons Organizations, and Physicians for Global Survival. That's why I'm on a think tank called Mutually Assured Survival. And so with that today, I'm going to talk to Richard about what can we do to get people to action. They know there are certain things on our planet which just are not working. And there are threats that we don't face because our gas is too high. Or there are threats we don't face because we're watching a TV show. And we don't take that time to say, what can I do? What is my role? What is my destiny? And I tell you, you're born to a time when we need your spirit. We need your action and we need you. So I'm going to ask the first question. First, I want to say welcome, Richard, Dr. Richard Denton. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Barbara. It's certainly a delight and a pleasure to be on your program. Well, you know, people who are listening, and you're many of you, he's in Canada. Don't you just love Zoom, Richard? It is. It's uh, it's way that we can all uh, come together. We do come together. And we come together with our thoughts, our smiles, our action. And I am just so happy you're here. Thank you for joining us today. Well, and thank you for having me. You're so welcome. In the next 20 minutes or so, I want him to talk a little bit about the nuclear weapons and the nuclear threats that we face today. 
And as we began our conversation before we recorded it, we talked about why don't people get it? Why don't people get it that we have to be ready to do something about this time when we know nuclear weapons are around the planet and we have to take our voices and our actions. So I'm going to ask the first question. How can we get people? Or what is your philosophy about nuclear power? Let's just start with that. Very simple. Well, I, I think nuclear power is great when it's up and running. Um, it's green when it's up and running. But I think, again, we need to look at the whole picture. And so when you look at it from the mining, the uh, refining, uh, the transportation, the building of the nuclear power plants, all of those, unfortunately, are not green. Uh, building a nuclear power plant is extremely expensive. Uh, it's a huge project. It needs uh, very technical people to run it. And... Uh, it's also very slow to get going. It takes at least 10 years and usually 15 or more years to build a plant. So that's not going to save our environment. Our, we need something that's happening right now. And certainly uh, the renewables, solar and wind are much faster to be able to be built and much cheaper. You and know, I think, you know, Richard, as I'm looking at you, I think what you're trying to tell us is not only are nuclear power plants and nuclear uh, reactors important, but they have to be manned. What if somebody's not there? What if they don't know that something is coming their way? And I think also what we're seeing now in Ukraine and what we saw in Fukushima was that uh, nuclear power plants need external electricity for them to work. And so when Fukushima was disabled by the tsunami and also what we saw in Ukraine, uh, albeit briefly, uh, that uh, a nuclear power plant can go down very quickly if it doesn't have external power. It's sort of ironic that it's producing power and yet it still needs external power for it to run. It needs external power. It needs external people. And people don't want to go into a plant after it's been already activated. It's too dangerous. Well, certainly right now in the Ukraine, the largest nuclear power plant is now occupied by the Russians. And the risk of accident or miscalculation or direct sabotage is very real. And with the war going on, it's even more uh, real than normal. Uh, so... Uh, this is a very great threat. It's the largest in Europe, and it's much older now than Chernobyl was uh, years ago. And it has much more radioactive waste on the site. And again, that can be hit by a missile. Uh, the water drained. And again, you have a lot of radiation uh, released, and that will make the Ukraine and the surrounding area uh, unlivable. Absolutely. You know, my prayer is that this all nuclear power plants are non-military zones so that there isn't an opportunity for an enemy, a so-called enemy. We're not really enemies. We're just people who are fighting for peace and fighting for peace makes no sense to me. Speaking of that, do nuclear weapons work as a deterrent and make us safer? I don't think so. Uh, nuclear weapons, of course, uh, aren't deterred by accidents, miscalculations, or terrorists. They're not uh, a deterrent uh, 
uh, during a war. Uh, when you look at what's happening in the Ukraine, uh, Russia was not deterred uh, by invading uh, Ukraine, even though it knew it was backed by NATO and the U.S., which both have nuclear power or have sorry nuclear weapons. Uh, you have China uh, and India having border uh, skirmishes. India and Pakistan have both border skirmishes, and yet uh, these go on, even though both powers are uh, have uh, nuclear weapons. So uh, I don't, and I think that nuclear weapons also makes us more fearful. Uh, and so th this is uh, an anxiety stress producing. And I think this is why people aren't taking it seriously because one, uh, they feel that they're impotent to deal with uh, nuclear weapons. And hopefully today we'll show you that you're not. And also that uh, uh, it, it's a project, it's something that's over there. And unfortunately, uh, when you detonate a nuclear bomb, it puts uh, soot up into the atmosphere and that can uh, block out the sun. It goes around the world and we will then have crop failure and famine for us all. So it's a suicide uh, bomb, and that's why uh, Reagan and Gorbachev, and more recently uh, Biden uh, and Putin actually, uh, said that a nuclear war must uh, can never be won, and it therefore must never be fought. You know, suicide. I, right. I never heard it put like that. It's a suicide bomb for the world. And this Correct. world, and you know, we're just a little globe. You know, when the astronauts come back, their whole life changes because they see we're just one planet. They don't see borders. They don't see nations. They see one beautiful planet that was given to us with the resources that allow us to live a healthy life. And I think about that. And I think if we could fall back in love with this beautiful planet, and remember, we're a family. We're a family of people given the privilege of being born during this time. And I know my husband would always say, Robert Mueller, who was at the United Nations in his speeches, you are the people we have been waiting for. And I feel that as I look at you. And I feel that as I hear your words. So what can an individual do? You said, take that and don't make it something that you don't want to get involved with. What can an individual do, Dr. Denton? Well, I, I think, first of all, today is Tuesday in the U.S., and it's Election Day. So uh, number one is get out there and vote. Uh, so that's the first thing today. I think there are many other things is, again, tell your politicians uh, that you want them to address what, again, as a, as a doctor, I would say, are human uh, uh, security issues as opposed to national security. I think that we are uh, faced with uh, global problems, pandemics, uh, global warming, nuclear weapons, uh, and a host of other things, poverty, financial inequalities, and you know the price of gasoline going up, et cetera. Uh, all of these are what concern uh, people or should be concerning people much more than national security. 
And I think that, again, you look at where money is spent. And we have billions of dollars being spent on the military and very little being spent on these global problems. So I think we need a mindset change to focus on people's personal security uh, and the planet's security as opposed to national. As you said, when we look at uh, the wor world for, or the planet Earth from uh, the astronaut's perspective, it's a beautiful little blue planet. Mm -hmm. And that's what we need to protect. And I think when we talk about money, that that's, again, something that we individually can do is what we call social responsible investing. So invest in uh, a green society, invest in the environment. Do not invest in the fossil fuels or in uh, nuclear weapons. And there's only about 25 companies that actually make nuclear weapons. It's the Boeing, uh, the Lockheed Martins, Northrop Grumman, Rayathon, Honeywell, that actually make uh, nuclear weapons and their delivery system. So it's very easy not to invest in these uh, companies. And actually, when you look at these large companies, their contribution to the or the uh, making of nuclear weapons is actually a very small part of their business. And General Electric found that. And so they've actually got out of making uh, nuclear weapons and uh, the delivery components. And so that can be done. And I think, again, we as citizens uh, of this world can encourage our governments and do it ourselves in our own pension funds and in our own investments. and also encourage our industries are, that we are involved in. Uh, I'm involved in Rotary, and Rotary International has adopted this uh, socially responsible investing as a policy. So they are now not investing uh, in uh, fossil fuels or nuclear weapons and are investing in a green society. This is such a beautiful way to put it. We are citizens of one planet. Correct. I, you know, when I talk about the world, I don't say the world. I say our world. It's like our family. We are part of this world today. And when you use the word our, we are we are all part of this global family. We're global citizens. You know, um, my husband, Robert, ran for a secretary general as a global citizen because he wanted to everybody to remember the United Nations is our global voice. So I tell people act locally for the global voice, join your United Nations Association. Even if you're not a Rotarian, you can join the Rotary Action Group for Peace. And this is a commercial. For $20 a year, you can join the Rotary Action Group for Peace and become part of the Rotary 35,000 clubs. And you don't even have to join a Rotary Club. Why am I so passionate about the Rotary Action Group for Peace? Because my grandfather said when I was three years old, you're going to work for peace. I said, Grandpa, I'm only three. And he said, well, look at all the years you have to work for peace. I said, okay. He immigrated from Hungary. Why? To avoid fighting in the war. Yeah. You probably have stories, too, about people 
avoiding the draft, knowing that they had a bigger purpose than to be killed fighting for peace. Well, I'm just reading uh, Robert uh, Mueller's book there, The, the Hat Maker's uh, Son. And he went through uh, being uh, locked up uh, during the war. He saw all the terrible things that happened in the war. And that's why we, we need to uh, work for peace. Uh, again, in, in Rotary right now, we have raised $15 million for disaster relief in Ukraine. And our own district has worked on a global grant to get humanitarian aid, a hospital equipment to Mikolov, a, little, a city in Ukraine. And the hope was that that would be helping people. Unfortunately, now that is now being bombed by the Russians. Oh. And so all our work is now for naught. And, and I think, you know, this is the problem is that people are dying. People are being killed. Atrocities are going on. And this is why we need to have peace. Oh, my gosh. You said it in such beautiful language. That is why we need to have peace. I read a bulletin board. It's actually a billboard. It said 3% of the military budget would end starvation on our planet. And as I watch the evening news and I see people, children dying because they don't have enough food. Well, if that is not the saddest thing on television today, and if you don't Use your voice. I always tell people, and in fact, I'm doing what Robert always did. Robert passed away in 2010, and I decided, okay, it's time for me to live my grandfather's prophecy that I would be working for peace. So we got married. We were married for 17 years, and people like Richard are part of this solution. He is a solution. And, I, and today, when you finish watching Richard, we're going to put up a, a video that he wants you to see. The video is called what is the name of the video, Richard, that you want us to watch? And I'm going to put up the link. Uh, Nuka City. Yeah. That's it. Yep. Nuka City. Can you believe that? Look at, we have experienced the devastation of a nuclear attack. We have seen what happens to the children, to the people, to the town, to the crops, to the food, to the sky, to the world. And so I'm a little bit passionate with you, Richard. That if we don't use our voice, we're not going to be able to save this planet. That we, we, all of us watching, all of us on the planet, were born into this paradise with water, food, nutrition that we can get from doctors like Dr. Denton. You know something? He was a doctor. He was, he, you know, you remind me of another person I interviewed. He said, when, oh, it was Peter Carter, Dr. Peter Carter, when he had his two sons, he said, I have to stop doing medicine. I have to work for the climate and I have to work for a world free of nuclear weapons. Is that kind of your passion too? You bet. You bet. Oh, oh well, as I listen to Dr. Denton, and I want you to listen to this twice, and I want you to invite your friends. I want you to listen to what he's saying, because what can an individual do to prevent nuclear war? And why can't we all organize around the TPNW? Tell them what that is. That's the Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons. And what ha has happened is that the nine nuclear countries, uh, well, actually, it was the five uh, nuclear countries that sit on the Security Council at the UN, uh, came up and signed the Non-Proliferation Treaty, the NPT. And 
over 50 years later, uh, we still have nuclear weapons, even though Article 6 of that treaty said that the uh, five countries would get rid of nuclear weapons in good faith. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, over 50 years later, uh, 52 years, they have not done that. And so the Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons has now come into existence. Again, it's supported uh, by non-nuclear uh, countries uh, to shame and push the now nine nuclear countries to get rid of them. And it, it makes for the first time nuclear weapons illegal. So nuclear weapons, they're immoral, they're illogical because of suicide. Uh, they uh, are insane. And uh, now they are illegal as well. And they're expensive. That's the part I can't get over. We're spending our money on prevention of wars by having nuclear weapons, but we could be spending our money on enhancing our planet, giving exactly. the resources that we know everyone needs and the kindnesses that we get. And, you know, I think you get overwhelmed at times. I know people who watch these shows say, if I'm so glad I got to listen to Richard and I want you to do this twice, I want you to promise me that you're going to listen twice because he's giving you so much information. You know, information is important, but what is it that persuades a person to do something? And I have found your voice. I have, I worked with Edward Bernays. And Edward Bernays was the founder of public relations. And he said it takes seven knocks for a person to go from awareness. Let's say today you're at awareness about nuclear weapons and the alternatives that could be there in place of nuclear weapons. And then, or your best friend tells you, pay attention, vote for people who are anti-nuclear, who are wanting our planet to be a planet of peace. And use your voice to tell, because if you tell a friend, and the friend looks at you and may have to tell you what they think before you tell them what you think. You don't have to have seven seven steps to getting to persuasion to do something. So have that conversation. And if you're not sure how to have a conversation, read my book, Revolutionary Conversations, the tools you need for the success you want. Why did I write that book? I wanted a simple five-step process for a conversation that may be going south, Maybe not what you want to hear. And so what's the first step in my book? Stop. Why do you stop at a stop sign? So you just don't blurt out into the middle of the street and have all three cars on the other stop signs or one stop sign hit you. And then I said to myself, stop. That's where you have to begin. Stop. And then after you stop, you ask, can I ask you a question? I need a little help. So it's S-H-A-R-E. I need a little help. Can you help me explain what it is you're really trying to teach me? Because I want to know what you're doing. And then last, you go through risk. May I take a risk? I'm going to tell you why I don't believe in nuclear weapons. And last, you have a conversation to explore the situation. You know, Richard, it's such a simple thing. You carry the stop, help, ask, risk, and explore in your pocket, and you say the words after you stop, not before when you say, where's your brain? You can't start with that. You have to say, I need to ask you a question. Help me understand your position. It, 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 again, I, I come back to uh, the great organization of Rotary, and we have what's called the four-way test. And 
if you invert it upside down and ask, uh, is it beneficial to all or is it fair to all concerned? Uh, does it build goodwill and better friendship? These are the questions that build a relationship. And once you have built a relationship with the other person, then you can go on and discuss, is it the truth? Because your truth and my truth might be different, but if we have built up a relationship, then we can listen to each other and, and hear what the other person is saying and understand where they're coming from and then have a meaningful conversation, just as you say, you know, stop, look and listen. And you know that word revolutionary. We were in the process of writing this book. And um, in the process of writing it, we, we couldn't come up with the title. How do you write a book about conversation? And then I said, what is the goal of our book? To have every conversation create a peace moment. It could, you don't have, you can even agree to disagree, but that's peace. You can even say you have your opinion, I have mine. Unity and diversity is no big deal. It still creates peace. Unity and diversity is what I want our planet to believe in. So anyway, we are sitting on the phone and I said, revolutionary. This is revolutionary because kids are taught to talk, but they're never taught to have a conversation. And today, this book is even more important as people are texting each other and not having conversations. So if you, like Richard and I myself, we're really good conversationalists because we love people. So we're not having any problem. But if you really want to know how to do this, stop, help, ask, risk, and explore. Just when you get to that stop sign, you say, why am I stopping? Because I don't go forward until it's safe. And I know I carried my bumper home one day because I made an assumption that that was a four-way stop and it was only a three-way stop. And I went right on through and got my bumper pushed off into the street. And I said, there you go, Barbara. You can never make an assumption because I didn't read the sign that said, this is not a four-way stop. I didn't read the sign. And that's what happens in conversation. We don't take the time to read the signs, the signs of the people you're with. And I, I think this is part of the problem is right now we are doing this on Zoom and we're lacking that whole interaction of reading uh, the nonverbal uh, ways of communication. And uh, it was interesting, I met someone on Zoom and suddenly says, my gosh, you're, I didn't realize you were so tall. And, <laughs> uh, so again, you, you really don't need, get to know people until you do it in person. But then once we've met each other, then we can carry on uh, by Zoom Absolutely. just fine. But I believe in Zoom. Without Zoom, Richard, I'd have to fly to Canada, use up the oxygen that we need to breathe. And because of that, I say more power to Zoom. Oh, and definitely. Also, Fully agree with you. And But I also agree with what you said. You said it's that person-to-person -person conversation. Have that. Take the time. If you even, I even talk to homeless kids and people, because, uh, you know, we have a lot of them in Santa Barbara because our climate is conducive to living outdoors. And so when I get to a stop sign and somebody's got a big sign, help me today, I'm hungry. I say, you're hungry, huh? What's going on? I don't say, why don't you get a job? I say, you're hungry, huh? And he's, well, she or he will say, yeah. And I said, well, I'm going to help you today, but I want you to help me. I want you to think about your life. 
Is it working for you? Just think about it. Because, you know, maybe I can, next time I come to the stop sign and you're here, maybe you'll tell me a couple of things that I need to know about you. You have a conversation with the real person. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Your children. You're, you don't know how many people have said, I wish I would have had revolutionary conversations when I was a teenager. Then I wouldn't have been in so many fights. Really? I say, really? Tell me about that. I don't go into it. Yeah, my book's great. I say, really? Tell me about it. So anyway, Richard, you seem like a great person for having a conversation. And being a medical doctor, you knew how to listen, right? Correct. That's what I do is, is listen to my patients. And, and I think when we talk about uh, uh, nu nuclear uh, issues, it's, as you say, think globally, nuclear uh, weapons that we need to get rid of, but act locally. And so you can uh, definitely today get out and vote. And uh, tomorrow, um, look at your investments and make sure that you're not investing uh, in fossil fuels and nuclear weapons and invest instead in uh, for a green environment. For a green environment, for an environment that supports you and supports the world. You know, um, there's so many man-made things that are polluting us today. So in another way, ride your bicycle, you know, take time to really get back in touch with nature. I have a garden in my backyard. I have fruit trees in my backyard. And that's my pleasure to grow a few things that I can eat and feel like I'm part of the world. So anyway, Richard, you know, we're at the end of our conversation today, but it's only the beginning for me and you because we're going to stay in as friends. And you probably have a message you'd like the world to hear so that I can help you get your message out there. What would that be? Well, again, just coming back to the investments uh, in the States, there's uh, a program called As We Sow. That uh, ties in with your planting uh, of your trees. And, exactly. and if you go to As We Sow, it rates all the mutual funds on a variety of issues. And you then can choose yourself what issues are important to you and therefore what mutual funds you want to invest in. So that is a great tool uh, to use. But I, I think we need a whole new mindset uh, as a doctor. Uh, prevention is worth a pound of cure. And so we want to uh, prevent a nuclear war. And with Putin threatening it right now, we're uh, actually much worse than during the Cuban Missile Crisis back in 1962. We're that close. And we now have these smaller nuclear weapons called tactical nuclear weapons, which he is threatening to use. And if that gets used, then the risk of escalation and goodbye civilization. So it comes back to we're wanting mutually assured survival. Mutually assured survival. And we have a website called mutuallyassuredsurvival.world. And you're welcome to go there. It's free. And Richard and I have worked tirelessly for a planet that works for all saving each other and saving our world and saving the precious resources that are ruined by war. You know, I always tell my friends, look at that cemetery. It's full of all these peacemakers and we still don't have peace. 
war does not create peace. And I, I feel like today, this is a very important time for us to talk like this. Usually I'm talking about the peace that our planet needs and what does peace mean to you and how the internal organs get better. You feel better when you're at peace and all the other things, doctor. Am I correct about that? Right on for sure, Barbara. Peace. If, I, if I'm at peace and harmony within, you know, I'm knocking on wood, very seldom get sick. And it's because my energy's out there and I'm peaceful inside. I meditate and I listen to, I don't put anything in my subconscious that comes on TV just because it's there. I turn it off. All I want to have in my subconscious is peace in a way that I can support the world that I am part of. And so that's how I keep my life safe. I'm going to ask you one more question. How come we have not put some of the problems we have into a court of human rights. What is going on? Why are we letting countries get away with violating the human rights? Is there anything we can do, doctor? Well, definitely again, I think one is for countries to be uh, members of the International Court of Justice. And so uh, Russia and even the United States are not, uh, do not uh, respect uh, that uh, organization. So I think, again, talk to your uh, legislators uh, about this and advise them to become uh, members of it. You know, coming up here uh, this week is November 11th, which is Armistice Day. And so I have a, over on this side, I guess, a, a red poppy to represent all the veterans that have been killed in the war and to remember them. And here in Canada, our uh, Royal Canadian Legion has said, uh, never again, uh, never again should wars be fought. And we need to remember that. And the white poppy that I hear, have here was uh, created back in 1933, before the, the war was even ended. And it was created by mothers like yourself who saw the devastation of war and so it is to remember all the civilians that were killed uh, in the war. And unfortunately, now nuclear uh, weapons are aimed at cities. They're aimed at civilians, not nuclear targets. And so this is, again, why we need to think about remember uh, war and the evils that they are and work for peace. And I think all the things that you're doing, Barbara, is just wonderful in working for that piece. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. It's been my honor to have you talk to our audience today. Think about the words, what Robert, Robert said what, his whole life. He died at 88. And he kept saying, peace is possible. And that's the theme of the Rotary Action Group for Peace. And when you go to our website, Rotary Action Group for Peace, you'll see the beautiful background for Peace is Possible. It's our way of saying that life is possible when we are at peace. I'm Barbara Gahn-Mueller, and I thank you. Richard, are you going to show us that background? That piece. Uh, I was just looking for it today. Yeah, uh, I'd love to see that. I'm I, as he looks. There we have our beautiful background of nature, and as we change his background, I'm just going to tell you. Yeah, I don't have it here here right away. Unfortunately, I've uh, well, that background it. is beautiful because it's nature. Natural. Exactly. 
It's what we need to preserve. And Richard, I thank you again with my whole heart for the life you have lived and the life you will continue to live. You know, when the Nuremberg trials came up, um, he was 28. He's also on my podcast. And when he came up, I said to myself, hmm, how come you're still alive at 102, Richard? And I want you to know that Ben Ferenz was the trial lawyer at the Nuremberg trials in when he was 28 and now he's 102. Does peace help you? What do you Definitely. think, Richard? Definitely. Definitely. And cannot get over it. I'm smiling from ear to ear because Richard has emphasized what we can do as people to make our planet a better place for all. Join us again next week. You know, we're almost at 100, 100 podcasts that you can watch with your friends instead of watching a TV show that's not going to inspire you. We need you to watch Peace Podcast. Get inspired, get in action, and know that we love you. Thank you for being here. And you can see us on Spotify, YouTube, in case you're stuck in traffic, turn on Spotify and listen to Richard. Thank you again, Richard. You've been fabulous. Well, thank you very much, Barbara. Really my, appreciate being here. Thank my you. My absolute pleasure. It's my honor to say thank you for joining us. You're why we're here, because we want you to hear what we have to say. And we want to hear what you have to say. Send us an email now and then. Thank you. Thank you.